Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Do you ever assess your decisions in life? When your whole life feels like it's falling apart, that's when we really ask ourselves what we should be doing. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us why times of affliction are so important. It's in those times that Jesus seizes and maintains our attention. It's when we truly get focused on Him. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 8th, 2023. What I want to do today, and I hope that today's update will be an encouragement to you. Uh, At this, the start of a new year in 2023. Who knows how cool would that be if this was our last year here? Okay, I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) But what I want to talk with you about today is how the devastation in the world presently can actually serve as the motivation for our final destination in eternity. And here's how I get there. As evil waxes worse in this world, not our home, it can have the much needed effect of turning us to Jesus and our eternal home. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the best things that's ever happened to us as last days Christians, my answer would be divine devastation. How's that for a perky introduction? Let me explain. God is allowing this, what I'll call divine devastation in the world today, to not only fulfill Bible prophecy, but also the purpose of Bible prophecy. And here's why. Adversity, affliction, and devastation loosen our ever-tightening grip on this world and the things of this world. What follows are just a smattering of the numerous and voluminous passages and prophecies that speak to this powerful, life-changing truth. I know that's kind of a big and bold way to introduce this, and please know that I spent a considerable amount of time kind of abbreviating this. There are so many passages of Scripture, so many prophecies in Scripture that speak 
to this. I just want to share with you some of my favorites, beginning with Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. In times of prosperity, be joyful, but in times of adversity, consider this. God has made one as well as the other, so that no one can discover what the future holds. In other words, God has allowed both prosperity and adversity. Maybe you're here today or watching online, and it's a time of prosperity for you. We hate you, but no, enjoy it. (laughs) I'm sorry, that was not a... But if you're here today or watching online, and you're going through a time of adversity, know this, consider this, God has allowed one alongside of the other. He's allowed both for this purpose, to get us to stop and consider that our future is uncertain, that we cannot keep going as if everything will always be good. In other words, we don't know what the future holds, but as one so aptly said it, we know who holds the future. Now when is it that we come to that realization? When is it that we will stop and consider? Is it not when adversity strikes? And by the way, it's when, not if. I wish it said if, by chance, possibly it should, you know, happen, that adversity. No, when when adversity strikes. See, in times of prosperity, when times are good, we're just going about our lives and praise the Lord, and it shows up in our prayer lives. Oh Lord, bless this, bless me, bless them, bless that, in Jesus' name, amen. And then, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Anyway, But when adversity strikes, oh, my prayer life changes dramatically, doesn't it? It's not, you know, bless this, bless that. It's, oh, Lord. Oh, now I got your attention. See, I've got your attention now with the adversity that I could not otherwise have in times of prosperity. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we would have to admit that it's in affliction devastation, adversity, trials, difficulties, pain, suffering. That's when God has our undivided attention. Listen to what David wrote in Psalm 119. He actually says the same thing twice in a different way. First in verse 67, he says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now... I keep your word. In other words, it wasn't until you afflicted me. And before you afflicted me, man, I was just going my own way, the wrong way, going astray. And then you brought the affliction. You allowed the adversity. Now you've got my attention. Now I keep your word. Now a few verses later in verse 71, he actually takes it even further and said, it was a good thing. It was a hard thing, but it was a good thing. He says, it is good for me 
that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. It's been said that God comforts the afflicted, and that's true. Praise the Lord for that. But so too does God afflict the comfortable. And we do err greatly when we get too comfortable in this world, not our home. And it's like the Lord is saying, I'll take one for the team. I'll use myself as an example. JD, what are you doing? You're uh, getting a little bit too comfortable down there. You're coming up here pretty soon. Why are you getting too comfortable down there? You're digging your roots down too deep in the temporal soil of this world. I'm going to have to... um, Gabriel, Michael, get over here. Affliction. We need an order of affliction, a side of adversity, and uh, a double order of tribulation, because he's (laughs) he's getting too comfortable. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. There's an obscure proverb, chapter 20, verse 30. I don't like it, if I can just be so candid with you. Listen to this. Blows that hurt cleanse away evil, as do stripes the inner depths of the heart. Devastating blows, and I mean it hurts deeply, but it's a good hurt. It's a good devastation, a divine devastation, a good blow. Why? Because of what it accomplishes. What does it accomplish? Well, it has this effect of cleansing me, purifying me, stopping me dead in my tracks on this path that I was going. There is a way that seems right to a man but in the end it leads to death. And God loves us so much, He cannot continue to allow us to go in that direction, because He knows the end from the beginning. So He's going to do everything and stop at nothing to stop us, so that we'll consider. And then comes the blow, the devastation. The Apostle Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthians, the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 17, I love this. He says, for momentary light affliction. Now, I'm not very fond of those two words in the context of affliction. Momentary, light, really? Affliction is producing. Stop right there. Wait, affliction's actually productive, not destructive? Yeah, no, see, we think it's destructive. God, why are you doing this to me? No, I'm not doing anything to you. I'm doing something for you. I'm producing something in you. Well, Lord, why do you have to use affliction to do it? Because that's the only way. Oh, believe you me, if God could use prosperity to produce the same results that adversity produce, (laughs) I'm certain he would do that, but it doesn't work like that. I wish it did. So the affliction is producing for us, watch this, an eternal weight of glory 
far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Did you catch that? So here's the affliction. Affliction has an appointment with you. It always keeps the appointment. (laughs) And it shows up right on time. Sometimes it's early. So here's affliction. Hi, I'm affliction. I'm here to produce an eternal weight of glory because your eyes are on this world and the things of this world. And the only way I can get your eyes off this world and on Him for eternity is vis-a-vis affliction. Again, these are, this is an abbreviated list. There are so many more. But they all have at the core this, this common denominator. Adversity and affliction and devastation are good because of what they accomplish. God is going to allow it because God is going to take us out of this world soon and very soon. But if we're holding on too tightly to it, it's going to be a difficult thing to do it. And we're not looking up. Why? Because our treasure's down here. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We're too invested in this world. Why? Why are you invested in this world? You're not going to be here very long. It'd be like renting a house and remodeling it. You got a one-year lease, you're remodeling it? What is the matter with you? I know we laugh, but we do that with life, right? We're only renting. We're only passing through. We're nomads, pilgrims, foreigners, just traveling through in the world, not of the world. The world is not your friend. Don't be friends with the world. In fact, unfriend them on social media. Block the world. The world sends you a friend request, say, no, I'm blocking you. I'm not friends with the world, because James says, if I am, I'm an adulterer, if I'm friends with the world. Now, the reason I'm starting out this way is because Scripture paints a devastating prophetic picture of the world at the time of the end. And here's what's sad. It's not just the prophetic picture of the world, it's the church in the world. Or even better said, it's the world in the church. And as such, the devastation in the church in the last days, and the world in the end times, is a sign of the times, painting for us and pointing to us just how close we are to the pre-tribulation rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. 
see the problem God has, not that God has problems, <laughs> but the problem, well, we're the problem, right? The problem God has is He created us for eternity, not for time. And He wants us to be ready for when He returns for us, but He doesn't seem to have us on the same <laughs> airplane. I shouldn't use that as an Arab, but for lack of a better metaphor, <laughs> same page, sheet music, whatever you want to use. So how's he going to get us there? Because see, throughout and replete in Scripture are passages and prophecies after passages and prophecies, of which we're going to look at a couple, that describe and even paint on the canvas of this temporal world a devastating picture of what it's going to look like. And the purpose of that is so that we'll look at that and go, wait a minute, it's like that now. This is really bad. That's the point. That's the purpose. Because see, when things are good down here, we're not thinking about up there. And conversely, when things are bad down here, <laughs> how many of, come on, let's be honest. When things are going good in your life, you're like, Lord, come soon. Adversity strikes, devastation. Lord, come quickly, now, come quickly, Lord, now, today. Because I don't have the money for the bills that are due tomorrow. <laughs> Being honest, right? That's the whole point. That's the purpose. The purpose, if I can say it like this, is for God's people to fall out of love with the world to become disenchanted with the world, and in so doing, turn to Him. Get our eyes on Him. Look to Him. Hey, we're not going to be here very much longer. I truly believe with all of my heart that the rapture of the church is sooner than any of us could possibly imagine. Well, let's get back to this devastating picture. I know this is real perky again, but the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy in his first letter, the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 1, says, the Spirit clearly or explicitly says that in later times, the last days, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons doctrines of demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. This is to the church. This isn't to the world. Why would the world abandon the faith? They're not in the faith. They're not professing faith. This is speaking of and painting a picture of the last day's church. That's what it's going to look like. They're going to abandon the faith. It gets worse in his second letter, chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view, and I want you to listen very carefully to this delineation, 
in view of his appearing and his kingdom. The appearing's the rapture, the kingdom's the second coming, thy kingdom come. Did you catch that? In view of this, in light of the rapture and the second coming, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience. I'm working on that one. And careful instruction. And here's why, Timothy. Here's why, Christian. For the time will come, that time is now and here, when man will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. What a devastating portrait of the last day's church. No longer putting up with sound preaching, sound doctrine, the preaching of the Word. And they're going to turn away, and they're going to go away, and they're going to go down the street to this other church that tells them what their ears are itching to hear. And if I'm not mistaken, we're given the detail that this is going to be in, quote, a great number. In other words, most of the Christians in the last days are going to do this. They don't want to hear what I'm talking about today. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to go listen to a Bible prophecy update about devastation. The guy down the street's talking about love. And God wants you to be healthy and wealthy and prosperous. And you just got to name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. I'm going to go with that one. Okay. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Revelation 3. Seven letters to seven churches. The Church of Philadelphia in verse 7 through 11 is one of two churches of the seven for which there is no rebuke from the Savior. John, who's on the island of Patmos, is told to write, verse 7, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength. I know that you're just holding on. You've kept my word. I know you're just hanging on to my word under extreme pressure to abandon it. And you've not denied my name, and I know that everyone else has. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to Study the Word of God. 
as you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.